Good evening, and welcome to the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco, and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, be sure to follow and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Subscribing is free and keeps you up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. Tonight's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. On tonight's episode, I thought I would take a bit of a different track than what I usually do and go with my favorite stadium foods that I've had the chance to experience, as well as explore some of the weird and more unconventional dishes that a lot of ballparks, um, hockey rinks, and other sports leagues have kind of experimented with, giving you a chance to basically bucket list a bunch of food. Because, let's be real, when we go to a stadium or a sports arena, we often judge the experience by just how good the food is. And we'll start off this one with the Winnipeg Jets. Now, my take on the Jets' food and stuff is that their concessions are pretty okay, but I wouldn't go out of my way to eat stuff there. There is, of course, the mythical footlong Jets dog, which I've seen and a lot of people seem to love it and buy it, but... You know, I'm not really a big hot dog person. I tend to feel like hot dogs are uh, a little bit overrated sometimes. And look, like, the Jets dog is definitely solid value, especially with the amount of crap that you can shove on top of it, and it's a massive, massive foot-long hot dog. It's pretty hard to screw up, and I think for the most part everyone seems to rave about it, so we'll put it in the solid category, but it's not my personal recommendation. Anyone who lives in Winnipeg knows that there is a surprisingly large Polish contingent, and that often bleeds into the food, so... My personal recommendation at the Bell MTS Center is, if you have the opportunity, get their pierogi box with a sausage, because I feel like if you're going to go to Winnipeg, and you're going to go to a Winnipeg Jets game, that is the best way to experience it. It's like 10 or $11 Canadian, which is around 8 to $9 US, and then you can factor in like a $7 beer or whatever. I'm not really sure what the concession prices are right now, because the Jets ended up lowering them a little bit. I say that the pierogi box is really good value, though, because there's a ton of pierogi in it, and they're like cheddar and onion or something, which I actually thought was very tasty. And the sausage that comes with it, I mean, it's average, right? I mean, it's it's not the kind of thing that you're going to go goo goo gaga over. But when you're kind of in the arena and you're looking for a fun food that's a little bit different than what most other hockey rinks or baseball or football stadiums offer, I feel like you could do a lot worse than the pierogi box. It's been a while since I last had it, but I'm pretty sure that you could get it topped with, like, bacon and onions and some other stuff, which are some of these same ingredients that they put on top of, like, the Jets dog. For the price, I think it's a lot of fun, and it's actually pretty tasty, and definitely uh, something that I would say is worth the money. And you get a little cup of sour cream to dip the pierogies in, so all in all, win-win. If, however, you are in the mood for more ballparky fare, and you happen to be in the Baltimore area, I'd have to recommend stopping by uh, Camden Yards. My home city is known for a lot of different things, but uh, most chief among them has always been the Baltimore Blue Crab. It's obviously a Maryland Blue Crab, and it's also in other areas other than Maryland, but I just like to say it's from Baltimore because it just sounds better. Look, if you're going to come to Maryland, you got to have a Blue Crab in Baltimore with Old Bay and all the usual fixings because it just feels a little bit more right than everywhere else. And nowhere is that truer than going to Camden Yards and getting my personal favorite, uh, sporting food of any place I've ever been to, it is the crab fries topped with crab dip. So these are waffle fries with a healthy scoop of this creamy, delicious, savory, salty uh, crab dip. And then if you want to go a little bit extra, top it with some extra Old Bay because, look, you're in Baltimore, you gotta have Old Bay on just about everything that you eat or drink. I'm getting about the drinks for the most part. You know, it's, it's a personal taste thing. 
But for around $7 US, this is one of my personal favorite ballpark and sporting foods anywhere in the world because it's very simple, but it's so, so satisfying. I can't really describe to you just how good it is, but long and short of it, it's a nice crab dip with some lump crab meat, and the consistency just seems to be pretty good. Now, if you come to Camden Yards and you want to get it, be sure to look out for something that says Chesapeake Fries because I think that's the official ballpark name. Not everywhere sells it, but it is definitely worth the effort if you have to go out of your way to go and get it, because let's be honest, it's really good, it's very tasty, and for the price, I think you get pretty fair value. We actually have quite a few, like, crab-topped items in the stadium, and to be honest, most of them are not my favorite. A lot of them have, like, that fishy, kind of pre-packed crab meat, which I'm not a huge fan of. They tend to top it on stuff like hot dogs and mac and cheese and chips, but I, I just, I feel like the crab dip is on another level when you compare it to those other concessions, because... I, I don't know. The flavor is just right, and the plain cooked crab meat that they use just tends to have a, a bit of an aftertaste, which I'm not overly fond of. So if you come to Camden Yards, that's the first thing you got to get. You do have some other options, though, and if you're more into, like, tacos and stuff, we definitely have a couple of taco stands around the stadium. The other underrated secret, though, is a sandwich place that is actually, I think it's Cat's Delicatessen or something. It's an older Jewish uh, delicatessen place that I think actually has a location somewhere else in Baltimore, and I can't exactly remember the name of it, but they offer a sandwich called the Cloak and Dagger, which is very famous. And I also want to correct myself, it is not Katz Delicatessen, it is actually Atman's Deli, and Atman's has been a Baltimore staple for many years. This sandwich comes with, like, turkey on top of a, a rye bread, and it usually has, like, a, a layer of coleslaw and some Thousand Island dressing. It's pretty close to, like, a Rachel or a Reuben. But it does tend to be a little bit on the uh, more expensive side, which, you know, it is what it is. You go to a ballpark and you're probably expecting to spend quite a bit of cash. Now, it is like 15 bucks, so I'm not hugely fond of that. They also have some other sandwiches that have like corned beef and pastrami and some other stuff. But if you're going to have the uh, full sandwich experience at Camden Yards, you got to go with the cloak and dagger. It just seems to be the right kind of thing. At, you know, no matter what the situation is or the season is, it's a good sandwich. On the more unconventional side, but still very sensible as far as uh, ballpark food is concerned, pinch dumplings at Camden Yards I thought was very good. Uh, I, I am definitely a dumpling guy. I grew up in a uh, Korean family, so we're all very used to Asian foods and things. Though I will admit most of our dumplings tend to come in soups and stuff, but pinch uh, you know, has like these handheld little dumplings that come in a small box and you get some soy sauce with it. And, you know, for like 10 bucks, it's a nice little fun thing and a bit of a different spin on what you might consider typical ballpark fare. It's definitely a little bit out of the ordinary, and you probably wouldn't find it in too many places, but I, I think it's a really nice change of pace. And the dumplings themselves are actually not that bad. They're usually mixed with like meat, carrot, cabbage, and some other stuff. Nothing too out of the ordinary, but it's affordable and it's pretty tasty. If nothing else, it's definitely a little bit different from hot dogs and burgers that you're probably used to. When you buy concessions at one of these stadiums and arenas, you're probably looking to spend something of a premium. But when you shop at rockauto.com, you'll save a lot more money than you would going to a retail store when you're looking for car parts. Unlike those pesky sports arenas and whatnot, rockauto.com charges the same prices for everyone. Whether you're a budding DIY amateur automotive enthusiast or a longtime expert in car mechanics. RockAuto.com is a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Whether you're looking for an engine control module, a floor mat replacement, or something involving your tires, RockAuto.com has your back. Their easy-to-use website lets you sort by make, model, year, and price range for the car parts you're looking for, so you can always ensure that you're getting the best deal and exactly what you need for your vehicle. Why wait in line at a brick-and-mortar store, especially during quarantine, when you can save between 30, 40, even 50% off retail prices for the same auto parts you need for your vehicle? Head on over to rockauto.com, and if you place an order, be sure to write locked on in their how-did-we-do box so they know we sent you. 
Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. When it comes to sports concessions, I think pricing tends to be the primary concern for most people. We all kind of expect that the quality of the food there tends not to be all that great. So, you know, what is the price? Does that make it a little bit more palatable? The answer is yes, for most places, and I found that a couple of places in particular did it really well. Atlanta, for instance, has Atlanta United, the MLS team that has been one of the fastest rising expansion teams in MLS history. I went there within the first two seasons of the team's existence, and they had a really great model for concessions in that most were between 4 to $5 for simple stuff like hot dogs and sandwiches, and sodas were offered as free refills for around 2 to $3 a cup. What I found was that it really didn't have to be the world's highest quality hot dog or sandwich, because when you're only paying around 7 to $8 per person, plus a bit of tax, mind you, I think that you generally will accept a lot more... Uh, let's just say a lower reduction in quality, but for the most part, Atlanta United's food actually wasn't that bad. There are tons of choices with, you know, barbecue, I think there's even pizza, hot dogs, burgers, and most of it is pretty decent. But if we're talking about uh, soccer and football, I have to say that the place that probably did it best, in my opinion, has got to be Germany. German cuisine tends to get a bad rap as being a little bit simplistic, a little bit heavy, and a lot of meat and starches, which in fairness, is actually not entirely incorrect. They definitely love their bratwurst and, uh, well, chips as well. I think that they also like mashed potatoes and cabbage and a couple of other different dishes, but there's a little more variety and certainly some pickled stuff as well. When I went to see Borussia Dortmund, though, what I found was that if you go outside to the fan festival where a lot of vendors and stuff set up, and, and like, team vendors too, you can get a bratwurst that's of a sizable portion, very fulfilling, as well as, like, a, a $2 or €2 euro a 16-ounce can of beer, all for around 5 euros total. That, in my opinion, is some of the best value you can find, especially for the quality of the food, which, in my opinion, is pretty good. Their bratwurst are actually uh, very decent, and I mean, like German sausages, you know, it's a pretty high standard if you're going around the country and picking up different kinds, because let's be honest, everyone has a regional specialty, and a lot of places take their bratwurst very seriously. When you're picking up street vendor food, you're probably not expecting the world's best sausage, but let me be honest, I have to say for like two to three euros, it's a fantastic price, and I think that the flavor's great, and a lot of the stuff at the fan festival is very good. The two euro beers I could probably do without because, to be honest, they're not that great, but if you think about how much you get charged inside the stadium, which is more like three to four euros for a smaller cup, the 16-ounce can of whatever crap beer they've got on, on hand, usually like Brinkoffs if you're in Dortmund, or a few other special brands like Veltons up in Gelsenkirchen, you're probably not complaining all that much because, look, it's cheap and you get a decent amount of it for, like, two euros, right? It's supposed to be about a more family-oriented pricing structure that fits most people so that they don't have to get price gouged when they go into the stadium. As far as cheap concessions go, I've also seen, like, a minor league hockey teams kind of having a similar structure and approach to things. If you go up to, like, Hershey, for instance, I found that the, like, chicken tender baskets and whatnot are actually tons of food like packed with uh, all sorts of accoutrements, sides and sauces, and you can usually spend like for like a chicken tender basket with fries around 10 bucks. And hilariously, Hershey Bears fans will actually complain about the pricing when I think about, you know, pro hockey teams and stuff. It's usually way more elsewhere. So I feel like Hershey Bears fans actually get a pretty decent price for what amounts to a massive volume of food. Usually these places are pretty stingy, but, you know, minor league hockey teams, a little bit different. I've only been to a handful of NHL stadiums, but I feel like the Caps have one of the more expensive food pricing structures, and their stuff is pretty okay. I think if I had to pick one dish out of the Caps repertoire... It would be from this barbecue stand, and it's like a barbecue pork cup. 
if you've never had a barbecue cup, it's more or less what you expect, and it's like barbecue meat, uh, mashed potatoes, mac and cheese, coleslaw, and some other stuff all kind of layered in successive depths of flavor, which if, if you like that kind of thing, I think it's a really fun option. It's around like $10 or whatever if they still have it, and I think it used to come with like a side of cornbread. I did hear about one other thing from like a local NAHL team. I think it was the the Maryland Black Bears, and they had this special for the longest time where if you bought a ticket, you got an endless big ZD ticket along with it, which I find very strange. I can't imagine going to like uh, a hockey arena and getting a big ZD buffet as my main meal. I mean, I I've certainly had some strange things at ballparks. Um, I, I would imagine that crab dip fries would probably be up there, but a baked ziti buffet seems like a little bit much. With COVID being a thing, I'm sure that that has probably changed significantly, and they probably won't offer that in the future, but I could certainly see something like uh, endless hot dogs and burgers being a thing. Still, when I think about price and value, I always kind of come back to Germany as being the model. They have all of these different sausages and wursts and things that you can choose from, and they're all very affordable. The only catch is you do kind of have to use a weird credit card system that often requires you to have cash on hand and then you buy or well, I guess borrow like this weird member card thing and that's the only way that you can pay inside some of these football stadiums. Not as in love with that, but hey, at least you can get like a brat and a beer for, I don't know, seven euros total, which even inside the stadium is not bad at all. Now, after all of these really calorically intensive foods, you're probably thinking, well, maybe I need something that cuts back a little bit and allows me to enjoy these without feeling too guilty. That's where the wonderful folks at Built Bar come in. Built Bar offers a tasty, more candy-like alternative to the usual boring, dry protein bars you're used to. Built Bars are often coated in a dark chocolate outside with a soft, chewy interior and a ton of flavors to choose from. And if you've got nut allergies, they've also got around eight nut-free flavors available just for you. If you want a recommendation, I have to say that the raspberry dark chocolate and the mint chocolate flavors are both of my personal favorites. But if you can't decide, you can also build your own variety box and get a sample of everything they have to offer. More impressive than the great flavor, though, is the nutritional balance Built Bars provide, with most of them coming in at around 170 calories or less, with around 6 grams of fat and roughly 30% of your daily protein intake. Built Bars are great as a snack, meal replacement, or pre-workout supplement for when you need to pump it. If you would like to give it a try, head on over to BuiltBar.com, and if you're a first-time customer, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. Few stadium foods are as crazy as baseball park food, and let's be honest, there are quite a few ballparks out there that have some insane dishes that you just couldn't possibly imagine without being called a deranged scientist. But, since the ballpark experience this year is going to be more from your home couch than anything, I thought I'd take a look at last year's craziest foods, as ranked by For the Win. At number 10 is the Coney Dog Egg Roll from the Detroit Tigers, which, ugh, just kinda sounds nasty. It's an egg roll filled with a hot dog and chili, drizzled with classic mustard and some diced onions. Ugh, not hugely fond of that one. The Los Angeles Dodgers, though, had the Esquite Bowl, which actually sounds great. It's more like an elote, but shaved off into a smaller bowl that's shaped like a baseball helmet, topped with uh, mayo, cotija cheese, and chipotle aioli. I've had something similar at a, a local restaurant around here, and esquites are great. I really like them, and they're very easy to hold, and a lot more, uh, I guess, ballpark friendly compared to like elotes. 
The Pittsburgh Pirates at number eight offer the Pittsburgh Cone, which is filled with uh, <laughs> kielbasa, pierogi, Swiss cheese, sauerkraut, and Russian dressing in a waffle cone. I can just tell you right now that I am squeaming a little bit, but I'm also kind of wanting to try it, but don't want to admit that I want to try it. I'm sure a few of the Polish Winnipeg listeners are probably thinking, oh, that sounds great. But if you ask me, that's a, a little bit much to put in a handhold option. At number seven, we have the chicken and waffle cone from the Minnesota Twins, which is actually kind of weird. Chicken and waffles tend to be... Uh, a nice combo and a staple in the south but having it in a cone form is a little bit different this one actually comes with a slab of bacon as well and the waffle in this case is just the cone to make it a little more easy to handle probably not the weirdest dish on this list though if winnipeg thinks its jet dog is impressive then it hasn't seen the going yard from the dodgers at number six which this thing is a 16 and a half inch jalapeno cheddar sausage topped with grilled onions roasted corn avocado relish and sour cream the Jets dog may have some serious competition, and apparently it's not the only hot dog on this list, because the Houston Astros at number 5 have the Fritos Pie Corn Dog, which, uh, yikes. It's a foot-long hot dog dipped in house-made Fritos batter, queso blanco, and Texas chili. Not sure I'm really feeling this one in particular. At number 4 overall, this one is actually a little more conventional, but it's more the volume that's the issue. And this is the Little Buds from the St. Louis Cardinals. This is actually an eight slider box filled to the brim with tots and the sliders themselves that are topped with beer cheese, garlic aioli, and pickles. Something tells me this is more of a shareable than it is a do-it-yourself, but some people might be a little bit brave. At third overall, enter the Washington Nationals around my neck of the woods with their bone-in smoked beef short rib. And it's actually not that weird, it's just, well, short rib. But these ribs are pretty big, and I guess they're probably messy because they tend to be uh, on the fattier side with quite a bit of crust on the outside. As a fellow rib appreciator, though, I'm totally down with these. Again, the Houston Astros appear on this list at number two overall with the Bayou City Dog. And this one is a Nolan Ryan hot dog, apparently, with smoked pork, burnt ends, Rico's cheese sauce, pickle chips, green onions, and hot barbecue sauce. This just looks like one gigantic piece of heartburn to me, but man... I kind of want to try it. I'm a little bit tempted by this one. It does look kind of gross, but it also seems very appealing, which tends to be how I feel about a lot of the food on this list. Nothing, though, quite compares to the number one item on this list, and they say everything in Texas is bigger. Well, I think the Texas Rangers might have taken that a little bit too far with what they call the foul pole. This punny dish is a two-pound chicken tender on a bed of waffle fries and a ton of dipping sauces. I am... Um, I don't even know where to go with this one, man. Two pounds of chicken tender all in one giant piece sounds a little bit much to me. The Rangers, though, kind of done weird things before. A couple of years ago, they had what they called the Dilly Dog, which is a corn dog that's actually wrapped in a pickle and then deep fried in batter. I don't know what it is with Texans and making really strange ballpark food, but I'm kind of like equal parts disgusted and also really intrigued. Is that the reaction I'm supposed to have? I'm really not sure, to be honest. I was curious to know if anyone in the NHL had anything as crazy as some of these options that I just talked about, and I guess the closest we got is the St. Louis Blues with fried chicken poutine, which, I don't know, that sounds pretty vanilla to me. Fried chicken and poutine is not much of a stretch over the normal kind of poutine, which, you know, already is uh, pretty intense as it is. The Sens may have the most creative option with their apple crumble pizza, which is actually just like a, a flatbread topped with apple crumble and what looks like glazed caramelized apples. A kind of deconstructed strudel, if you will. I'm still missing that like one over-the-top 
uh, NHL arena food that really gives something like a two-pound chicken tender a run for its money, but I think we'll have to be waiting just a little bit longer for that. If this episode left you hungry for more, please be sure to head on over to our Locked On NHL National podcast and feast on some additional content from our host, Sarah Avampato. Thanks so much for listening tonight, folks. Have a great night, and go Jets go!